Hello and welcome to Three Friends in a Book. I'm Holly. And as always, I'm joined by my dear friends who I haven't seen in a while because we've been in summer mode. First up is, in alphabetical order, Caroline. <laughs> hey, what's up? And Janine. Hey. Hey, everybody. So, how have y'all been, friends? I've been great. I've been at the beach, so I've been great. How was the beach? How was the weather? Um, mostly good. There were some rainy days, but or rainy times of day, but mm-hmm. so, but it was great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wish I was going to the beach. Did you feel rested? Do you feel rested? I felt rested until the drive home. <laughs> <laughs> that drive home is pretty terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad you got, went to the beach. That's thanks. Awesome. Thanks. What about you, Caroline? What you been up to? Nothing really. Baseball. Of course. Still, this coming weekend's the last weekend, though, and then we get July off. Oh, nice. Yep. Looking forward to it. And Claire was at camp all week last week. It was her first time to go to overnight camp. I saw the picture. Mm-hmm. Did she love it? She loved it. Mm-hmm. Wants to go back. Oh. Like, next week. Yeah. She next month. Pine, uh, Pinecrest, right? Yeah. So she, I went there a couple of times as a teen. Did you really? I did. From Jackson? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yep. Um, yeah, she loved it. So, I read, read books, watched movies. Worked. We painted her room. So, yeah. Did she love it when she came back? She did. She was super excited. That's awesome. I'm going to put this microphone down so you don't have to look at me through the crack. <laughs> All right. Well, let's jump into it, y'all. Educated. So we read Educated by Tara Westover. And just as a reminder about what we do here, we read books such as Educated, and then we like to talk about them because we are big fans of the quote by Hannah Arendt that says, The things of the world become more human for us. Only when we can discuss them with our fellows, we humanize what is going on in the world and in ourselves only by speaking of it. And in the course of speaking of it, we learn to be human. And so we read Educated and we passed this book around. And I think for all of us, we kind of flew through this book, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a pretty quick read. So just to give you guys, Caroline, she read it first and she just kept talking about how crazy it was. Um, it's a memoir. It is her story of growing up in the foothills of a mountain. What was the mountain? You guys remember? Mountain in Idaho. And her parents were are Mormon fundamentalist. They're survivalist. Um, and she did not go to school until she was 17. She went to college at BYU and did not know what the Holocaust was until she was in college. She thought, didn't she think, didn't you say she thought Europe was a country mm-hmm. for a while? Mm-hmm. So very, very sheltered. Um, she didn't know anything about the civil rights movement. Yeah, Martin Luther, any of that stuff. Martin Luther King. Um, and grew up always hearing um, sympathetically about Ruby Ridge and then re- learning actually mm-hmm. what it was. What it was, yeah. One day. Um, I had to go back and look at that and, and remember what happened at, at Ruby Ridge. Sad. Um, so that was, so this is her story and she wanted to tell her story, I guess. Yeah. Why do you think, why do you think she wrote it? What, what do you think? So she's an academic for sure now. Um, I mean, she did get her her, historian. mm -hmm, She got her PhD in history, but did she get, also get her master's in writing, creative writing at one point? I could be wrong about that. No, I don't think so. But maybe, maybe, maybe. No, maybe I'll I can look it up. Thinking of somebody else. Just throughout, she talks about towards the end of the book. Once we're um, once she's older, we hear about her academic pursuits, and she's writing all the time, but it's academic writing. So, 
I, I just wondered why a memoir? Yeah. Because she kind of studied about her family as part of her dissertation mm-hmm. or, you know, all of it, all of her writing seemed to be related to this personal experience. Um, so why a memoir? Yeah. I mean, I have no idea, but one of the things that just popped into my brain, you know, at the end of the book, when she first started to become comfortable talking about it, I feel like it almost became entertainment for people. Like she used it like, you know, anecdotes at dinner parties. And I just wonder if that's what kind of like people enjoyed listening to what she was saying. You've got to write this book. Yeah. You've got to write this book. Yeah. Maybe. So I wonder if that, if that is, is part of it. Because her family is mad about her writing this book and airing all this dirty laundry about her family. Or not dirty laundry, but, you know, well, just all the family secrets. She's, I, th- I guess I, um, I always felt like it was a declaration. It's, it's like her declaration of independence. It's it's a It's a declaration of her truth and she, and she's very clear i felt like in the telling of the story um there's a note at the end where yeah. she talks about memories and how you know everyone's memories are so different and she's very clear that this is her you know this is just her this is her story so i don't know i felt like um reading some interviews by her um that it was a um, a way of kind of, you know, she felt so very uneducated and sheltered. And she says in the book a couple of times, um, and she talks about feeling so very controlled by her parents' ideas of the world and never having never been exposed to the idea that there are other other ideas that, that aren't evil, mm-hmm. you know, that aren't the Illuminati whatever and but I, so I guess I just felt like it was her way of claiming her voice um, particularly in regard to all of the violence and violence against women specifically that she grew up thinking was normal or, yeah. or okay yeah. or um that that was shocking know. to me what her brother did to her is yeah and was, other members of her family yeah and, and then no one talked about it. Yeah. And then when she went and tried to ask for help, her parents, I mean, they just kind of discounted her memories of, of it and said it was, wasn't true. Yeah. What she was saying wasn't true. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I, f- I felt like the writing, the telling of the story was a, a way of her just saying, like, no, this is true. This is my truth um, in a way that. I mean, her, they're never going to listen to her. She still still isn't in touch with them, right? Oh, no. I mean, she's uh-uh. still... So it's it's not as if she's ever going to get any kind of validation from them. I don't know. Yeah. Don't it, know. The parts that were most frustrating to me, maybe, were, um, were times when she would talk to her mother, and her mother would seemingly validate yeah. what had happened, or... Um, and and then she realized, no, what my mom was actually doing was just speaking my words back to me. And she didn't really believe them or or she wasn't willing to continue to believe them up against her father. Oh, yeah. And that I, that is heartbreaking. She talks in one of the interviews I read about the difference between 
changing your ideas and beliefs and then changing your behavior mm-hmm. and how even for her, you know, at the very, at the end of the book and the, the final visit home and all of that, just how, you know, how mm, it wasn't easy, but how naturally she changed her, her beliefs mm-hmm. um, and ideas. But the changing of the behavior is something that um, is so much more difficult yeah. to mm-hmm. do for all of us. Um, it seemed very real to me, the mom, you know, of course, when you're talking to your kid and your kid's in crisis and you love your kid, it feels right to say those things. But then she would have, I mean, the mom would have had to have stood up to the dad. Yeah. And she she, she is incapable, I guess, of, of doing that mm-hmm. or d- doesn't want it enough or I don't, I don't know, y'all. Um. So there, in in terms of the violence in Sean, there, there, she tells about the violence before she talks about his um, brain injury, and suggests that there. And then we hear about the accident that caused the brain injury, and then he's violent after that. And that some people would argue that his violence came after that. Yeah. And and she says, but really, it was there were before tendencies before that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, the the different accidents and the like, not learning from previous situations. And I guess that is like if you believe, you know, I'm going to do this and come what may, whatever happens is God's plan, and we just roll with those punches as we roll with them. If if that's what you you believe, then I guess you just drive all night, and even after you've already done that and crashed your family and. Uh, but but the continuous accidents, really terrible accidents. <laughs> of almost seeming like they're doing it on purpose, especially the father. Mm-hmm. People catching on fire. People in the salvage yard being thrown into, I don't even know what she was almost thrown into. I mean. I'm kind of like chopper yeah. thing that would have chopped her into bits oh, and pieces. That, yes. That was terrifying. And he was driving the thing. He could have stopped it. Yes, he could have stopped it. All of that just blew my mind. Yeah. It made me so angry because I do, it's all, it's all so negligent, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, it it made me crazy. And your children are getting really, really, really hurt badly. Yeah. And that was like, I had no expectation for any of that in the book. I was, I was, I was expecting the other kind of negligence that, that comes from, I think in rural areas, many, it is not uncommon to find a family that lives somewhat like this. Mm -hmm. I, I have encountered them both in where I went to college and where I grew up in high school and, um, having children who get to a point in life where they are no longer part of their, their parents' lives. Their parents are no longer providing food for them or shelter. And now they can't, they don't, they don't know how to fill out a form to even get a driver's license or, you know, there's, there's no social security card to be had. No birth certificate. Yeah. Like most of them. They don't even know when she was born. (laughs) When her mom thought she, she was like, get out of here. And she kicks her out. And then she's like, Oh, wait a minute. You're younger than I thought you were. You're not 20. You're 16. Oh, (laughs) what? It was a huge difference in age. Yeah. Yes. It's all stunning. And one of the things that 
you know, the family has responded through a lawyer. There's an article that we read about, about this. And one of the comments that the lawyer made was, you know, if it was so bad, how do, was it seven kids? Three of the seven are PhDs. So something must have worked, right? He said that's 42% <laughs> of the family. Of the family is, has their PhDs. Well, remember when the dad, the dad said when she scored well enough on her ACT to get into BYU, he was like, don't poo-poo a homeschool education. <laughs> I mean, that worked for you. Oh, but imagine what they could have done without, with being in school. Well, so it's, <laughs> it's you know, from, from my perspective anyway, it seems so clearly a, like the pursuit of higher education in those kids seems just to be such such a clear rejection yeah. of mm-hmm. their childhood. Whereas, you know, from their perspective, from the parents' perspective, it's oh well they they created children mm-hmm. who had that drive and desire yeah. and ability to mm-hmm. do it so it is just the stunning to me the, the story just blew me away and then um her ability to demonstrate or illustrate these alternate realities that people live in yeah. right like we all have our own reality and this alternate reality that just um from my perspective seems so crazy and absurd but it's but that is their life it's still their life and they hold by it and they believe it and they so so much that they're willing to lose their children over it yeah that Mm -hmm. blows my mind the um there's a certain aspect though too where it's this is so different and and this is such a different family that believes such different things but there the way that she's written the book it is kind of a story about just leaving your family yeah and when you when you turn away or when you become independent of your family and and what you leave behind and and so in that way I think it's really relatable which I know is not a great word (laughs) um but I think it's um I don't I would get, I'm struggling to say what it is but I think that that there is something about that for every person who's ever come of age. Yeah. That's a good point. You you said that very well actually. <laughs> you did. It is um you know you're and I guess that's what how I was feeling in the term when I said declaration of independence just like she has decided that to return back to though she is tormented mm-hmm. over was another fascinating. I mean, part she almost didn't. Story. She, she almost dropped out and didn't get, get get her PhD after her parents came and visited her at Harvard. Mm-hmm. I mean, she. I mean, how difficult that is to, you know, to to look your parents in the face, face who were, are genuinely worried about you. I mean, they think she's a lost cause. The Illuminati has gotten her, and they come and visit her, and she looks at them in the face at a table and was like, "No, I will not receive your blessing." And how hard that must have been for her to to make that choice, and it almost wrecked her. Right when she gets she gets so depressed and yeah. watches TV Watch for <laughs> months and months and months. Yeah. And other uh, another thing that just little details that I thought were so interesting throughout the book, like how she didn't wash her hands after yeah. she went to the bathroom, and how that was such a problem for her when she had roommates. Yeah, <laughs> like they made house rules, like everyone will wash their hands with soap after she uses the bathroom. Yeah, just I, I know that's not really related, but it just just 
I don't know. It came, well, it came in my head. All those little things that a child is taught yeah. that help her integrate more smoothly into mm-hmm. the the bigger world. Yeah. I mean, and her world was just so small. Yeah. It, was just her so family. yeah. it really is important for your kids to get away from you, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and I think part, part of her success was her ability to do that, that she could, that she was able to go into town and, and she had these jobs in town at the grocery store in different places where she um, got out of that, that zone that was so insular. Yeah, I've, I um, am still just kind of blown away by her, the strength, her strength, because um, I think, you know, we've all known people we, who, whose, whose parents, whose families, um, belief system have has been something that they've struggled with as adults. Yeah. Right. That's that breaking away from your parents. Um, that is, isn't really my personal experience so much. And so it is fascinating to me to read about how strong that tether yes. is mm-hmm. when my go-to response often is, well, just tell them no, just like, you don't have to believe mm-hmm. that. And, but to to really see it played out, you know, illustrated like that, it's it is it's not even that simple. It's not maybe not even possible. Like that tether yeah. is so strong. The the guilt and res, and sense of responsibility and love yeah. too. Right? And it and it is a um, it is a sort of a death of a life that you had. Yes. For, especially for somebody like her parents who believe so strongly what they believe and she literally looks at them and says no like what that i mean that yes that not not just the the tether but just how i mean i know it's personal because it is family but like you are rejecting me in everything that i stand for and i'm telling and you're telling me no and that was they're done yeah she's only in contact with a couple of her siblings i think only the ones who've been to college right (laughs) Well, the the last line of the book, she says, you can call this selfhood many things. Transformation, metamorphosis, falsity, betrayal. Yeah. I call it an education. I mean, it, it's a, and it is all of those things to her. Mm-hmm. Um, she does have to betray her family. So because so many, I, I, I think sort of a quality of a lot of people my age that I know, um, who do differ from their parents in in major political, religious, whatever kinds of ways? Um, that educated part is gets a really bad rap. Yeah. Like um, as if education, liberal school, right? So your education has ruined you, which is what her dad said. The mm-hmm. Illuminati teachers at the mm-hmm. co- at BYU, <laughs> BYU. For crying out loud. <laughs> Good grief. Because uh, remember she was talking to that one boy at BYU and she was like, I can't, oh, I can't quite remember the scene, but she, she's talking about the career she wants to have. And he's like, oh, but you can't do that. You don't really want that. Yeah. Her study of history, because it's a male, it would be seen by many as, as a male subject area. She should study music. I think that was mm-hmm. the conversation, right? Like mm-hmm. she should study music, and she's but she's being pulled to history. But that's a 
would have been traditionally, a, I don't know, more male. Yeah. It's a good one, y'all. This, I mean, it's just different from anything we've read in a long time. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed the story. I think it's riveting. And I mean, I, aren't you interested to see like, to maybe kind of follow it and just see like, what else does she do? And yeah. what happens with the family? Does she ever talk to them again? Yeah. So that's her first book. I wonder if this will be a movie. Yeah. Oh. And um, she is a beautiful and what writer. what that will happen and how that will go down. You know, um, interestingly enough, as I was just reading through some interviews this morning, she was saying when she started to write this, she'd only ever written for academia. And so she didn't know how to write a memoir. And she was in a book group. They were helping her, telling her everything she was writing was crap, you know. And so someone suggested, started talking about short stories. Well, she'd never read any short stories before. She didn't even really know anything about the style. So she started reading all of these short stories. And she says very intentionally each chapter Mm -hmm. she writes like a short story because while she was writing this book she was studying the short story form yeah that makes sense yeah and they're even titled that way yes they read like little essays um so i thought that was kind of just kind of a cool aside about her process all right we're going to keep this short and sweet you guys you should check it out Mm -hmm. educated by tara westover um next up what are we doing female persuasion eye contact (laughs) (laughs) yes yes meg wolitzer wolitzer the female persuasion that's what we're going to do next so everybody check that out um yeah y'all anything else you've been doing janine i know you gotta go anybody read anything saw anything i just read um the death of mrs westway the yeah it was pretty good it was a good good little um thriller okay i read that lee child book i said i was gonna read i read that last week I listened to My Ex-Life, and it is I, – I downloaded it because the NPR um, book reviewer Maureen Corrigan said, you know, that she just thought it was hilarious, and she was taking pictures of pages and texting them to friends and things like that. So I listened to it, and it took me a minute, but then I just really enjoyed it. Who's the author? I cannot remember right okay. now. Um, and then it's called my ex-life my ex-life oh I thought you said next no ex you said you listened to it I listened to it and then right now I'm listening to Calypso by David Sedaris and it doesn't disappoint is it funny it's it is it's like I drive in my car because it comes on automatically when I get in the car and I just laugh out loud (laughs) as I'm driving down the street All right, team. Well, we're going to read The Female Persuasion. We'll be back in your ears, hopefully, in a couple weeks. (sighs) Thank you. Happy summer, y'all. Happy summer.